Welcome to the Truth About Employed Physicians podcast, a weekly show where we take you behind the scenes of the professional healthcare industry and reveal the little-known methods highly successful physicians, doctors, and professionals are executing right now to maximize their income, reduce their financial liabilities, and most importantly, regain the freedom to live their lives on their terms. Subscribe to the Truth About Employed Physicians podcast today so you don't miss a single episode of this highly valuable information from our host, a veteran physician with more than 20 years in practice and counting. Now, your host, Dr. Incorporated. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Incorporated uh, bringing you another episode of The Truth About Employed Physicians. I'm really excited uh, this week to bring you uh, my son, John, who is a third to fourth year medical student um, at at, uh, Midwestern University, um, Indiana University, which is where I attended. And we're going to kind of unpack a series. It's going to take many weeks, um, but I think it's a series that you'll find interesting is we sort of dialogue about different elements of um, being a physician. Um, and kind of the spirit of this is, is based upon a book that I'm in the process of writing for young physicians that talk about really some of the important elements I think they need to know. And the spirit of that is things that I really want to share with my son, John, as his dad, um, when it comes to being a doctor. But I also find uh, some of the conversations I've had with John about being a doctor to be pretty interesting, too, because um, his generation has, well, some interesting views about medicine that aren't always congruent with what I was taught. And I think this is going to be some good dialogue talking about it. So, uh, so John, tell us a little bit about yourself so our audience can get to know you and get to know about where you're at. Okay, sure. Yeah, so... From the Midwest, from the good old state of Indiana, uh-huh. and uh, I left the state to go to a um, another school for undergrad. Um, went in pre med, knowing I wanted to go into medical school afterwards. Um, I got a psychology degree. That was kind of the most intriguing area of undergrad that I found that I felt would be most applicable to actually practicing medicine compared to doing chemistry or biology or biochemistry because. The reality is, and most doctors and medical students know this, you're never going to use those things again. So I kind of felt like it was a waste of my time to study so hard on those topics when I didn't care that much about them, and I was never going to use them again. So I went the psychology route. Now, Um, you went in as a chemistry major. I went in as a chemistry major and then switched to psychology when I uh, realized, one, I like psych better, and two... I wasn't going to use chemistry again, so why go through the hardship of chemistry? Chemistry isn't easy. Um, so when you went to um, undergraduate, and you went to University of Alabama, it's okay to say that, and, you know, we're coming up time of the year when, um, well, people like football and college football, and it's kind of a fun time of the year for you in that right. context. But um, you went to undergraduate knowing you wanted to be a doctor. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. How did you know that? Um, I think just, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of things growing up that I just felt like I was called to be a doctor. Um, you know, of course you get that little bit of extra push and experience when you grow up in the household of a doctor, so you get the extra uh, time where you get to maybe, you know, in a small town you see all the patients around town always saying hi and asking about their medical problems Mm -hmm. and getting prescriptions at Mm -hmm. Lowe's and those kinds of things and 
um, you know, going and staying on, staying on the sidelines at different high school sports events and going in for uh, waiting in the doctor's lounge while babies were being delivered and uh, rounding on patients, all those things that I guess most, you know, the average 10-year-old or 12-year-old or 15-year-old, they're not going to get that experience. Even if they think they want to go into medicine, they don't have, um, I think there's a little bit more of a disconnect about what it's really like. And mm-hmm. so I, um, I never, I don't think I was ever, uh, I don't know how, how do I say it, um, under the impression that by choosing medicine, I was choosing some really easy route. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah, right. I feel like a lot of people on the outside looking in um, don't necessarily know what it actually takes to get there or what it's like when you're actually a doctor. And so I think I had a little bit of an advantage if I knew for the most, I mean, as much as you can, Mm -hmm. what I was getting myself into as far as like the time commitments and the um, importance of prioritizing, creating balance in your life as much as possible. And, Mm -hmm. um, different things like that and so but i think all of my exposure early on really led me down that path and i you know i had exposure to plenty of other things in my life and throughout college and i still felt like that was what i wanted to do and as i continue to get more experience and so i throw yeah, so this, this first uh, subject we're going to talk about is the doctor's life okay and i think anybody like i love the life that i have as a doctor i'm so fortunate and really consider myself very blessed to be a doctor and to love the life that i have um and i think hopefully most medical students um, are anticipating that sort of good life that they're going to have and what the doctor's life's going to be you don't quite know what it is unless you grew up with somebody who was a doctor right or somebody mm-hmm. family member who was a doctor so i'm kind of interested in just in even in this subject right now hearing you talk about it like what were some of the things that made you say it's great to have the doctor's life and what were some of the things that made you go I don't know if I really want to be a doctor because I see the other side of how hard it is to be a doctor. Sure. Um, some of the advantages of being a, a doctor, I'd say, are the um, just the constant learning and uh, intelligence that it takes. I think that there's a lot of critical thinking and problem solving. Um, that's not necessarily true for, it's true for a lot of jobs, but not for all jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot more, I feel like, mental labor than physical labor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not to say that there's not both or sure. to downplay anything else, but, um, and so to me that was interesting. And I've always enjoyed physical labor, but I think that I've always had a greater strength in uh, problem solving and thinking through things and learning and so that was always attractive I think that the um, ability to live a, re- a moderately nice lifestyle mm-hmm. yeah. the paychecks that are available for you get paid for what you're worth I think for what you do and mm-hmm. I think that um, that's really valuable and because you're a valuable member of society you um, uh, get you have a little bit of extra negotiating power and you also have social power in that you can help benefit your community in unique ways that other professions are not able to. Mm-hmm. You have an extra insight and trust from community members. I always think that you know you can use that for a lot of good things. Yeah, and, right. We always tried um, to and still try to do that in our yeah. home and in our family. Did your peers um, watching you grow up as a doctor's kid in school I always think, you've got it made. I mean, come on. It's the easy life for you. 
Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I feel like you get that more when you get older. When you're like a young kid, knowing for the most part, people, you know, kids just don't know. Right. Or you don't know. Like, I feel like it's just your normal, yeah. right? You just kind of think everyone's life's kind of like this. And mm-hmm. uh, so you probably take a lot for granted as a kid, but I never felt like we lived a super um extravagant lifestyle it was i feel like we i never worried whether i was going to eat anything or be able to like participate in extracurricular activity or things like that but i didn't feel like we were you know doing all sorts of crazy things and driving the nicest cars and you know um uh i think there's that little that moderation in um that was beneficial and that i never i didn't ever consider myself that different than anyone than mm-hmm. someone else who was from a different okay. background and i think mm-hmm. that was valuable and gave me good perspective and good appreciation for everyone else and their different positions that they came from that might not have been as fortunate where they did not where they did sometimes have to worry about what they're going to eat the next day or things like that so, so you didn't you didn't find it to be a negative growing up as a doctor's kid in terms of the expectations perceptions all that sort of stuff I don't, I don't feel like I did. I don't think I ever struggled with those things really that much. Um, I don't really feel those pressures. I just, if there were any pressures like that, I just took them on and (laughs) tackled them. I never, I don't know. I guess maybe this is one of the things that it takes to go into medicine is that you see something that's challenging and you take it on and you Mm -hmm. see it as a, thing to be um defeated not something to defeat you and mm-hmm. it's just you might have to put in more work or you might have to do this mm-hmm. or that and so um i feel like i was always one that liked to step up to the plate of whatever the challenge mm-hmm. was and i feel like that's something that anyone who goes into medicine has to be able to do yeah. is step up to the plate in the face of adversity or mm-hmm. um, challenges well were some of the elements though that you didn't care for um growing up in a doctor's home were there anything um, that you found is kind of like I mean, there's, you know, there's always the, uh, the inconsistency of a schedule Mm -hmm. of a doctor, you know, think you're going to be off at this time and then you're not, or you Mm -hmm. have to go in because you got call, you're on call or things like that, that, you know, as a kid are not that enjoyable, but, um, and as a medical student or a doctor not necessarily that enjoyable. I don't think they're ever enjoyable. Kind of true. But <laughs> the unpredictable world it yeah, can so be challenging. They can see those downsides. And uh, something that I never really liked is I don't like the um, social stigmatization that comes with being a doctor. I think it's one of the few careers where people truly they kind of have a feel for um, where you they know almost that you're financially and social most likely financially and socially successful. Mm-hmm. And so there's those pressures and expectations that you need to do this or do that or live here mm. or go on this trip and blah, 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 blah. And I don't think I've ever liked that. I think that that's kind of uh, my own business. And mm-hmm. if I'm in that, for whoever's in that position, they earned it. It wasn't just, mm-hmm. it didn't just happen. I mean, it took it takes years and years, a lot of hard work and expertise to get to that point. And so, right. um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I don't think I like that part. But, but nothing else stuck out to you in terms of your own personal experiences that you saw as being some challenges associated with a doctor's life? 
Because I, no. cer- I certainly feel like the um, opportunities that are created by my profession and by um, some of the economic forces that go along with it that provide security and provide resources to do things um, really outweighed most any of the negative elements um, with being a doctor. And I think, to your point, the, the greatest challenge, and this has changed really from the time you were born till now for me in practice, is the unpredictable world for me as, an, as a primary care doctor when I used to take care of hospital patients that were adults, do OB, do PEDS, did uh, really did everything, inpatient and outpatient. Mm-hmm. Um, being on call and being available 24-7 was, was pretty challenging at times. Now, yeah. I think things have um, moved forward um, for a number of reasons to the point that life is less unpredictable for me. Now, I still do obstetrics, so by definition, it's going to be a little unpredictable. Yeah. And I still love obstetrics and delivering babies, but... I think it's a little more predictable now than it used to be. And so um, I think for your generation that's going into medicine in the future, I think that's the, f- that's the forward navigation that we're going to see more and more. Uh, I think most of your generation of doctors don't like and won't like and won't tolerate quite as much the unpredictable world as they do the predictable world. Yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think that's true. I think there's just a bigger focus on having separate lives like I think there's a bigger focus on having a work life and a family life and a social life mm-hmm. and kind of having things broken up rather than having your work life kind of be like a steamroller over everything else yeah, right. uh-huh. so uh, well, that's yeah there's like a bigger awareness of that now yeah so especially with the high rates of burnout mm-hmm. better in the medical field I think that's especially true I think it's really important. You know, interestingly enough, um, you're married. Have been married now for how long? Uh, two and a half years. Two and a half years. So your um, wife fully has kind of been with you on this medical journey that you've gone through. Mm-hmm. And um, and I know for me, my wife um, has very much been a significant factor in bringing stability to my life, but also... Um, she's understood some of the sacrifices that she had to make as the spouse of a physician. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a great gig all the time. Um, yeah. It can be pretty tough. Um, yeah, but yet, I know for me, I, she's my rock. You know, she, she, and I've had a tough day. She's the one that kind of smooths it all over. And I can't wait to get home to get mm-hmm. to her because she's safety and security and comfort to me in a way that nobody else is. And, just like the, my whole family operates in that way, but my wife in particular has proven to be a very important part of that process for me. But she's had to sacrifice. She has no. She knows the relational um, sacrifice that she's had to make because of me being in medicine. Tell me a little bit about how that's played out for you, even in medical school with your wife. Um, I think that. Uh. I don't know. For one one thing that I think is that I really appreciate, or I'm thankful that going into medical school. Well, I got married during my first year of medical school, a couple months in, in between two important exams. So I was, took an exam early, got married, came back and took another exam. So that was pretty stressful. Uh-huh. And so I think I feel like that was the 
a baptism into medical school <laughs> for my wife because, you know, we did a short little like two day honeymoon and I was like, all right, sorry, honey. I came down and got married, but now I need to go stay in the library for the next four days straight. You're not going to see me, even though we yes. just got married, because I need to make up for the time I lost mm -hmm. to study for this exam coming up. And then after that, we can be married. And uh, so it was just like she was went through that fire of reckoning <laughs> from day one. Uh -huh. uh, and, you know, most people know the first semester of medical school is you often the hardest semester of medical yeah. school mm -hmm. is you kind of adjust to um, just how much more of it that it takes from you than it did in undergrad, um, at least for me. Yes. You know, some people, they float through it, but I think most people yeah. have to work harder during yeah. it. And so um, it's been really nice though, to have uh, my wife be a part of that and that she, we're going through the whole process together and she'll be able to have a full, when we get to the, you know, the end of everything after residency and I'm an attending, we're going through, still practicing to have been there throughout the whole journey i think is going to be really valuable to you know there's not really going to be many other people or i mean there really no one else who's going to fully understand all that it took to end up where we were and i think that reaching that point when i get there i'm not going to feel like it was i just did it for me i feel like i it was like she did it with me right. you know what i mean it's like she mm -hmm. it's almost like there should be a secondary side degree you know uh uh like a I don't know, step down degree for people who went through the medical school process yeah. with their spouse because oh, yeah. there's so much work and sacrifice from them as well. Yep. You know, yeah. Between the first year and then studying for step one. And then yes. after that, you've got clinicals where you're now you've got, you know, got eight to 10 to 12 hours a day. And then when you're home, you're studying because mm -hmm. you didn't get a study during the clinicals. And so um, just like feels like your time just gets, gets eaten away by eat yeah. eaten away at and so um to have someone who's understanding of that and supportive of that and allows mm -hmm. you to have a little bit of escape from all of that is just yeah um it's so powerful so it valuable. is i agree with you and as you know you're um you're a late mother um and i got married um similar to you I'm, i got married in my second year of medical school halfway through so we're pretty similar in that context and and she had a deep understanding of all the sacrifices that were needed for me to get to the level that I was. Now, your stepmom, whom um, really has been your mom most of your uh, life, um, she came on board, though, after I was an attending physician. So she got to miss all the junk associated mm -hmm. with medical school and residency, which for our audience, um, especially if you're younger or a doctor-to-be or a younger physician, you know the junk that I'm talking about and the hardship that really is part of that process. And so um, she, your mom often comments, she, doesn't, she, didn't, she wasn't there, she doesn't know kind of what that was like, but your late mother certainly did, and I know your wife certainly understands yeah. and the challenges. I feel like it's important to point out that uh, even though like there's all this junk and challenges um, of going into medicine and being a doctor, you never want to take it for granted. It's a blessing to have the opportunity to go into medicine as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not to, I don't ever want to be too much of a complainer because it's right. a great opportunity and an honor and a, you know, there's so many ranks in, of people you have to kind of mm -hmm. compete with to get to this point who would love to be in your, you know, love to be in your position. And so really to just, um, even though it is hard, it's 
fulfilling and kind of, I don't know, I feel like in a lot of ways an honor and a blessing yeah. to be able to do so. So Sure it is. Does your wife ever, ever fuss about it? Uh, sometimes she says she wished she'd married a doctor instead of a medical student. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's a good point. I, I like that. <laughs> like, yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> solid. Um, that's reasonable. <laughs> that is very reasonable. It is. But, but too late for you. <laughs> uh, but you know what? That is one of those realities, though, that happens is you do tend to think that, oh, the next level is going to be so much easier. <laughs> you, you know, from medical student to resident. And then resident to attending, you really do. You always think this is going to get better. It's going to get better. And it does in some regards because your professional responsibilities and your your sense of even um, inner identity mm -hmm. is, gro is, is growing in the process. But the same things that eat at those relationships and try and steal from relationships like your marriage will continue at every level that you're at. And so it really does take sort of a determination to not let it get out of the road. And I would maintain that what you're doing now in medical school is actually setting up or creating the right boundaries and the, the right um, architecture for you to have a healthy marriage in the context of medicine and not saying, well, it's, well it'll get better when I'm a resident. Oh, mm -hmm. it'll get better when I'm an attending. No, I yeah. think what you do now makes a difference. What do you think of well, that? I think, and I feel like the fallacy is it will get better as though it's just gonna happen on its own. Yeah. Right? I think you make it better. I'm very much a, you make your life what you want it to be. Like, I, mm -hmm. I think that having that uh, personal volition or mm -hmm. I think people have the ability to sort of create what they want. And so if that's something that's important, you mm -hmm. make it better. Like right. you make the time for the things that you care about. And I think that's uh, valuable. Um, and there's a lot of people who do that well and a lot of people who do it poorly. And, yeah. you know, I think everyone should strive to be someone who does it well. But mm -hmm. you need to have a, you have to have a personal awareness and uh, self-awareness to mm -hmm. make decisions to make yep. things better and um, mm -hmm. prioritize the things that are most important to you. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. You know, ultimately become a doctor it requires a radical commitment, right? I mean, that's the whole process from undergrad to, to medical school to residency. It is sort of the supreme sacrifice you have to make to really accomplish that goal. But I think at the same token, what we're talking about here in terms of vital relationships, mm -hmm. whether it be relationship with your spouse, whether it be relationship with a family member, maybe it be even your faith life, it requires sort of a radical commitment to maintain it because other things will encroach upon it, right? Um, and it's really quite hard. What, speaking of that radical commitment, though, for you, here you are, you're a third year going into fourth year. Have you considered it sort of a radical process to go through to get to this point? Yeah, it feels pretty radical. Um, I just feel like you, <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like such a commitment, you know, once you're in it, when are you going to, it feels like you can't stop. Like, it's kind mm -hmm. of like once you're in undergrad trying to get into medical school, it's yeah. one thing because you kind of have, if you don't get into medical school, you'll go a different route. You'll mm -hmm. do, or maybe you re reapply again mm -hmm. or whatever. But 
once you're in, it's like, okay, you're in, this is your shot, you're paying, you know, $20,000, $30,000 a semester or in more. tuition or more um, to go to the school. So by the time you're through a year, through a full year, if you're taking out loans, you've got, you know, 40 mm -hmm. to 60 to 70 or more thousand dollars in debt. And now you're like, well, now I have no choice but to keep going. Yes. You, you know, and most people want to keep going and yes. I do, but it, it does feel kind of like, and it just takes up all your time. It, I think that's the big thing is just the amount of time that it takes. The commitment of time um, is the biggest thing where it's, tr you, it's hard to maintain the hobbies that you used to have or yeah. the friendships that you used to have or the um, other things. And you really whittle down to the like four or five things that you consider the most yeah. absolutely most important things in your life that you're going to prioritize mm -hmm. and make happen on a either daily or weekly or monthly mm -hmm. basis. Yeah, that reminds me of the, the four burner theory that um, is out there when it comes to, you know, kind of what it takes to sort of accomplish a goal. And that four burner theory, you know, the idea is that it's like a stove with four burners and only so much fuel can go into the stove and it's hard to equally fire each one of those burners, right? Mm -hmm. So the radical commitment needed to go into medical school and to become a doctor sort of requires most all of that fuel and energy to sort of go into that one burner to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. While at the same time, your, your family, your hobbies, your other elements that are important to you sort of get less fuel, they get less mm -hmm. attention. Yeah. Have you found that to be your experience as well? Oh yeah, very much so. Uh-huh. Yeah, it feels because everything's so high stakes all the time that mm -hmm. you feel like you can't help but put a majority of your energy towards your school and yeah. all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you don't pass this test, if you don't honor this clerkship, if you don't get this letter of recommendation, if you don't do this extracurricular, if you don't, yeah. you know, just all these things in the thing is that the reality is you're not making those the importance of those things up in your head they are that important yeah you know <laughs> right. it's not like to just get to something the next goal right to get to the next stage i mean because the reality is if you do terrible in step one you know if you get a 200 you're not going into dermatology right right it's just not going to happen yes right i don't it doesn't matter and so, so your and so then, choices are whittled down yeah, right so your options you came into medical school to do this one thing but if you don't perform yeah. so much for doing that one thing either yeah. you're dropping medical school or you're going into something that's mm -hmm. you know uh not what you personally might have wanted yes. to do and so that's where you feel that pressure of mm -hmm. i don't want to not do what i came you know i'm going through all these years of school to do x i don't want to have to do y yeah. just because i didn't perform yeah. you know and so you so in, that in order to perform you have to prepare yeah and that's takes the time to prepare put all the fuel all in that water burner and so that's where you end up with that, putting everything towards that one. And feel you start, you can, the other things start dying down. Yeah. The hobbies and the working out and yeah. the hanging out with people and the mm -hmm. uh, things like that. And so I think it's, but you know, the only way to counter that is to be intentional. And for me to schedule things yeah. and mm -hmm. try to maximize my time. And so um, usually for me during each clerkship or during each, uh, um, like system subsection like cardiology or GI mm -hmm. or whatever I literally schedule everything out for the whole month in order to figure out how to 
get all of the, the studying I need done in order to get the grade that I want. Yes. But also that not only helps me get the grade I want, but it allows me to free up more time to do things that I care about, such as try to work out four or five days a week or make sure that I'm spending time with my wife every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just those things that I think are important during the day or during yes. the week, but you have, you, they're not just going to happen, mm-hmm. right? You have to commit to, I'm not going to turn on the TV when I get home and waste my time. I'm, okay. Instead, I'm going to keep studying so that way I can be done by 7.30. I can hang out with Cheyenne for my wife for an hour. Yeah. And then I can chill out and go to bed and then start yeah. over at 5 a.m. the next day or yep. how, whatever time. Yeah, um, it requires some inner discipline in that process. A lot of discipline. A lot mm-hmm. of inner, it, ideally. I mean, I think if the most successful people, if they're, uh, if they may be super highly intelligent and they can sort of uh, fast forward over all that stuff and they just get it. But I think the majority of people, if they really try and balance this all out, it does require some inner discipline, Definitely. which is part of the qualities of being a good doctor, right? And that's all, all kind of thing built into that. But it's, it's radical and, it, and it's really challenging, but it, I think it leads to some of the underdevelopment of, of some of the skills that, frankly, your peers develop because they don't have to go through such a radical commitment. You yeah, know, they go get true. an undergraduate degree and they go into the work world and, and uh, they start living life, they either get married, start living life, and they're doing their job. It requires a certain amount of focus, but it doesn't require that intense... Mm-hmm. focus that that four burner model they're able to actually balance things out and mm-hmm. find that middle ground yeah. whereas here you are <laughs> living your life you know compared to those peers and all of a sudden for me i always said it, it felt like i was living in a cave like those years that went from undergraduate school into residency those four or five years or so even mm-hmm. my first year of residency was pretty intense yeah. I'm not sure a whole lot what happened in the world at that time. Yep. I, it's like you're I hidden away. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And and I yep. <laughs> and I was sort of content with the, that. You know, I mean, just yep. knew that's what it required. I was very attentive to my wife during that time, and there were a lot of things that didn't happen. And I've actually maintained a great involvement with my church and with some friendships in that. But the the rest of the world, mm-hmm. TV, media, cultural stuff. I pretty much was oblivious to it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and it kind of requires that, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. I feel like it's literally, you're studying all day, you're doing, you're reading your textbooks, doing your practice questions, doing your flashcards, you look up like, oh, wow, something big happened today in the world. Okay, back next yeah. flashcard, next <laughs> right. practice question. Yes. Nothing yeah. I can do about that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's such a, it feels like such a bubble from yeah. the rest of the world almost. And in more the more ways than one because also at the same time we're not really working we're not getting a paycheck yeah you just have, kind of have this guaranteed money from well you're paying for uncle all sam <laughs> well we'll pay for, you pay for it eventually but in the moment yeah you know you just get the check in your bank account and you kind of have your things paid for so you are able to fully focus you're not having to work but you also aren't dealing with a lot of those normal life things that's that are what that the rest of the world are working and yeah. going through and those world events and those things actually affect them. Yes. Right? But we kind of have that guaranteed, you know, you're going to be able to make your rent payment. You're going to have money for food because you're guaranteed those loans because mm-hmm. Uncle Sam knows you're going to pay him back with a 7 That's to 8% true. interest rate. Yep. And so... 
Yeah, yeah we'll, give you, all, we'll give you the money. That's a whole other thing. Uh, we'll talk about that in another subject. Uh, that's an interesting thing because there is the debtor's life, and we will spend some time talking about that. John and I's discussion about the doctor's life uh, went a little longer than we thought. So um, we're going to wrap up uh, session one uh, or part one of our conversation um, a little earlier um, to break it into two sections, and we hope you tune in to part two of the discussion on Doctor's Life. I think you'll find it to be just as interesting and invigorating as the first section. And uh, make sure and uh, send us your questions, your comments, your um, um, thoughts that you have via the speak pipe, via email, via um, any of the social media outlets that we have with Doctor Incorporated. Uh, we'd love to hear from you to answer any questions that you have. Thanks. <laughs>